Hello, 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 hello! Or should I say, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, Crypto Nuts? Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, with my co-host, Jake Debrelli, here to give you the news of the day for episode 456. Four, five, six. Four, five, six. <laughs> yeah. what are we? November 2nd. We're already in November, dude. That's crazy. Yep. we got one more month before the end of the year. Yeah. And it looks like, you know, we're heading towards uh, winter uh, within the states. And, of course, we're still stuck in crypto winter. And uh, that's going to, I don't know, be going for a while from the way things look. I don't see it uh, uh, changing anytime soon. But uh, that's okay. It just gives me more time to uh, stack my fiat and uh, buy, buy my sets. Buy more crypto. Yep. Stacked ass huddle, right? Well, that's just the end of the show. We don't do that yet. <laughs> Let's get on to the... Did you want to go on the Lisbon uh, article? Did I what? Did you want to do the Lisbon article since you were far more into it than so, I was? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. The first article, this one's coming from Cointelegraph.com, written by uh, Prashant Jha. Web Summit Lisbon, November 2nd. That's today. Latest update from Cointelegraph's team on the ground. Somebody texted me. Was that you? Okay, so th who's who's that? Somebody's messaging me. I'm not messaging you. Maybe it's Mike. <laughs> All right. So um, let's see. The Web Summit. The Web Summit's a big, big, giant event that goes on every single year. And this year, of course, there's big hitters like CZ and, of course, Cardano. We got Cardano up in the house. Charles Hodkinson. Hoskinson? Hoskinson. There we go. Yep. Boom. And uh, I'm just going to go through this verbatim because this is, this is a little bit of, uh, of what's been going on there. Okay, so here we go. Start from the top. Web Summit. One of the premier world tech conferences is back live in Lisbon, Portugal. The event brings together the founders and CEOs of technology companies, fast-growing startups, policymakers, and heads of state to discuss the future of tech industry. In 2022, Web3 is one of the biggest topics of tech discussion, and Web Summit 2022 is no different. Cointelegraph has set up a team for the event to present the latest updates in a real-time fashion. The opening event of Web Summit saw the mayor of Lisbon, the minister of the e economy of Portugal, and Binance CEO Shangfang Zhao, CZ, as keynote speakers. Carlos Mo Moiras, mayor of Lisbon, stressed the importance of tech conferences and the investment it brings to the country. Antonio Costa Silva, the Minister of Economy of Portugal, talked about the rise in investment as well as failures and the challenges that the tech industry brings. Binance's Zhao was the first guest to be interviewed who shed light on the current crypto trends, metaverse platforms, and Web3 technologies in general. Zhao said, quote, everything is volatile, even the most lucrative tech stocks. So yes, Bitcoin did drop from $69,000 to $20,000, but it depends on the perspective. If you take a five to 10 year time frame, crypto is the best performing asset. Bitcoin is still equal to one Bitcoin, so. <laughs> Absolutely. Web Summit Day 1 kicked off with a discussion about the role of artificial intelligence, AI, in the future of tech. The discussion later expanded to a more niche topics, including industrialization, public companies, and super apps. Wow. And of course, moving over to Cardano, founder Charles Hoskinson sat down with Cointelegraph to discuss how the biggest lessons crypto users could glean from the collapse of various projects in recent months is to learn to appreciate the ones that have stood the test of time. 
A cross-chain co coalition of blockchains and Web3 player, uh, players announced the formation of Web3 Domain Alliance. This new alliance hopes to prevent malicious phishing attacks, bad actors impersonating Web3 top-level domains, crypto squatting, and Web3 domains co uh, collisions. Participants include Unstoppable Domains, bon Bonfita, Bezos Domains, Polkadot Name System, Hedera, Syscoin, and Clayton Name Service. Cointelegraph's editor-in-chief, Cristina Lucrezia Corner, uh, post a panel titled Emerging Tech Hubs, Where Will the Next Silicon Valley Be? With Venture City CEO Laura Gonzalez Estefani, Colias Capitals, Zach Colias, and China, China, what? China, Chin, China Accelerators, Oscar Ramos. Cointelegraph's uh, Gareth Jenskin, Jen, Jen, Jenkinson got in touch with Binance Executive Vice President of Europe, Martin Bruco, to discuss the exchange's plans in Europe. When asked about the recently approved markets in crypto assets regulation and how it would impact crypto exchanges, Brook uh, Brunko said, quote, Mika is good news for every crypto adopter and our mission is to advance crypto adoption rather than onboarding as many users as possible. I think Mika would help a lot with our plans for crypto advancements. <laughs> End quote. You sound a lot like him, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cointelegraph's CEO Wes Kaplan was joined by Nicholas Johnson from Axios and Joy Robbins from the Washington Post to discuss how monetization works in media. Robbins said in today's world, advertising is not the only way to make a good revenue model and explained, quote, I don't think advertising is the dominant revenue model for news. I think the idea that only advertising can make way, uh, can make way for a good revenue model is false and subscription-based model have proved it, end quote. Checkout.com and both founder joined CNBC's Karen Sold to discuss the ongoing trend in the tech world, the adoption of crypto by payment processors, and more. Guliami? Juliami. Juliami. Julie. Juliami. Juliami. Pusas? Pusas? What? Probably. The founder of Checkout.com explained the advantages and disadvantages of being a public company. Quote, being a public company, oh, hold on. <clears throat> being a public company forces you to be very well operated, to be a very well operated business. The market are what they are, and there are not many IPOs in recent times. I have no pressure to go public, and I think people care about compounding value rather than going public or being private end quote and that wraps it up for the web summit in lisbon yeah or well, the recap as it goes for the for day one since it's not just a one-day thing right but yeah so there's people there talking about crypto and in fact uh finance hey, ceo like, uh cd kind of had an article we talk about him what's later inter what's interesting is that it, at least this is a lot better than the, the blockchain expo that we went to right? <laughs> it was more of yeah, now, this is more of a presentation thing where people are going to watch people speak on stage as opposed to what we went to which is more just go check people out on your own there were a lot of speakers but i know because we were like what there were like five stages i think when we were at uh, the expo but uh yeah it was uh 
a lot of different things going on. And it felt like it wasn't really about blockchain. It was about tech generically. All right, so um, I'm going to switch over here to this article regarding uh, Celsius and how Celsius has been, uh, how would we say, a Ponzi scheme from the start. I think this is obvious, but now that they actually have somebody investigating, they've uh, been delving deeper into what's really going on here. Uh, the, the subtitle on this article is that the bankrupt crypto lender Celsius is under more scrutiny over fresh allegations of running a Ponzi scheme. Um concerning because obviously we're invest we have invested into our, our crypto into celsius so it's it sucks it, it's just it's, dude, i i really hope that i can get my crypto back i hope you get your crypto back i hope everybody can get their crypto back like literally like that's bad dude that's yeah the key bad. the key factor here is yeah. this person that they put on the case that's supposed to be doing the investigating said uh that the U.S. trustee's allegations of significant transparency issue and gross mismanagement. But the main thing that I, I kept thinking about was this: the uh, CEO of KeyFi, Jason Stone, who sued Celsius, saying that they didn't, you know, honor their contract. Well, I mean, that was fairly recently. I'm, I'm assuming that uh, mm. that Jason has had coin in there for a while. But the thing that kind of threw me for a loop, and it, I guess I feel bummed because I got uh, duped. Because I was one of the people who was checking uh, what are called high-yield investment programs. This was not a super high-yield investment. It was a little bit more reasonable investment level. Um, but uh, once you get yourself into a Ponzi scheme, you can't get out of it. There's no way to stop the, the juggernaut failure that's going to be coming because you have to keep robbing you know, Peter to pay Paul. That's the, the concept. Um, and the thing that... that I'm sure they didn't mean initially to do this, but of course, when they moved from the UK to the US, was it, 20, was it 2020, 2019, I think it was? I, I seem to remember it being, it was post-pandemic. Yeah, I think it was after the pandemic started. So, but um, but the, the reports on this seem to be that they were a Ponzi scheme from the beginning. Like the, the details go back to 2017. In the very, very, very beginning of, of Celsius. Begin, yeah. So yeah. they're saying that... Which, which is concerning. Cause it's weird because, that, like, all right, happened. so the whole thing about Ponzi, Ponzi schemes is obviously keeping up the, the facade, right, as long as possible. And eventually you run out of money, right, because you just can't keep doing the same thing forever, um, especially when you're talking about billions of dollars. Like, there aren't hundreds of... Well, there aren't trillions of dollars to spend in this manner unless you had the, you know... the the GDP of the United States. Um, so you get to this higher level, it's not that surprising that they were missing $5.5 billion um, because they weren't really doing it correctly the whole time. But the thing is that normally Ponzi schemes promise ridiculously high interest rates, and they really weren't promising ridiculously high interest rates by comparison to what has been done in the past. Here's my question. So if they are discovered to be a Ponzi scheme from the get-go, does the case in court change from bankruptcy to a Ponzi scheme, or is it just a separate case entirely? Well, the, the bankruptcy thing, that's entirely separate. So there won't be any... I mean, if they discover it's a Ponzi scheme within that, and I think they have, um, at least that's what this uh, Shobay Pillay person has discovered, um, is uh, that if it is a Ponzi scheme, then they're gonna, someone's going to have to file another lawsuit to, to mm, okay. resolve that, and that issue. And that's 
Most and that'll be criminal, you know, because a, a bankruptcy is not criminal. So mm -hmm. it'll be a criminal or may, maybe a, a civil suit. It'll probably be a criminal suit. So oh. if it's discovered that that information is accurate. So at this point, so it, it seems like it's pointing to that because there's they did a lot of things that they were really not supposed to do. And I, I get why. Like I said, it's once you start getting in that, you're like, well, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> and you can until you get caught. <laughs> Alex is more or less protected, right? Because technically he was working under the company's um, LL, LLC. Right. If he right? didn't take any money out for himself, then he probably is. Which, in which case, no, it's he, probably he, the company that has to deal with it, not he him. Did. I think, if I recall correctly, he took like $10 million. Well, I mean, then maybe he will be held liable. But what I'm saying is that if the company you're running is doing things illegally and paid you illegally... Uh -huh. in doing what they were doing not not because what the company was doing was illegal but uh -huh. paid you illegally then yes you may be caught up in it but if they paid yep. you oh, according to the way that they should have like normally like you were a promise from the beginning a certain amount of money the company made that money they gave you that money normalized fine probably not but it also depends on where they got the money from so is it, yeah exactly and that's what's kind of fishy about that whole uh, particular transaction with alex is that it happened like a day or two before they filed for bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. Like he was paid out an X amount mm -hmm. of money. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That, that is, you know, it's like, like, oh, no, the ship is sinking. Well, I got to get my parachute or my uh, my life raft. It's just for me that's made out of gold. No. <laughs> so, or the, right. the plane's well, falling out of the sky or whatever. Anyway, let's go to the crypto exchange, dare a bit yeah, thing. This is, uh, of course, from decrypt.co, written by... Su Sujith Sumraj. Uh, of course, there's another hack, another exchange that's been hacked for the year 2022. Another one in the books. Here we go. This is the hot wallet hack. This is not like somebody was messing with the code. This is just like, oh, there's $28 million in Bitcoin, Ethereum, and, and USDC sitting here. I'm just going to take it. And this is the reason I feel like this hack might have been an inside job. So uh, it, $28 million is no small sum. Obviously, it's more than... Alex got away with um, <laughs> from the last article. But uh, the article in particular just basically points out that there was... Uh, the other thing is that Deribit apparently was also a victim of 3AC. So some of their money is gone. They're, they're not hurting too badly because all the cold wallet stuff was not touched at all. And that's the thing that... It, it may not have been an inside job, but it's still the same. At the same time, it's kind of like... It's so easy to blame hackers for your lies um <laughs> it is actually kind of surprising that celsius didn't do that but i guess they really want to be legit anyways uh yeah that it basically as they say in this this tweet here deribit's hot wallet compromised but client funds are safe and loss is covered by company reserves so i guess they had more than 28 million then mm, which um, is good i mean I, I i'm all for uh crypto insurance Obviously, if they don't get out of control, because there are some companies out there that, hey, we'll cover you, but if you pay us an X amount of money, we'll cover you for this insurance. Well, I mean, in that case, you're charging way too much. Is it even worth it? Now you're scamming me, trying to scam these people. Yep. Yep. So. yep. And this is this is all <laughs> probably the only reason that that centralized entities, in my opinion, should be regulated. So it's like yeah. it, it might be crypto, but if you're centralized, then you're gonna get regulated. If you're decentralized, then who's who's around to regulate you? No one. Um, so as of the time being, uh, let's see, they are halting withdrawals from the exchange yep. until they can resolve this. 
Yep. So, yeah. All right. Here we go. Moving on to something we pretty much already talked about, which was how uh, CZ, Chengping Zhao from Binance, CEO, is saying, and I'm, I don't know, could we want to play this video that's in the Twitter, uh, the tweet here from Web Summit? I don't know if we can or not. But it's 24 seconds. It's pretty short. Yeah, it, it kind of sums up with what the point of it is. So I don't know if I'm going to hear what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'll play it on my side. So um, I played it. You played it. Yeah, he, this is probably the sum up of the entire article. It's just that pretty much, yeah. Uh, basically, uh, CZ, the nickname that we everyone uses for the founder of uh, Binance, because I guess Americans have trouble saying his Chinese name. Um, is I can't imagine the man not being on board with crypto and saying it's the only thing that sells, but the analogy I used probably the very beginning when we start, we first started broadcasting together was that when we look at things like Greece, Greece was really the, the, the nation of Greece, um, who's actually one of the mem uh, member states of the European Union. When they had their terrible, terrible uh, what, uh, financial meltdown of their uh, nation, like what was it, 2017, 2018, it was during the Trump administration, I don't remember when, but um, it might have been 2018. And he, they uh, they were begging, you know, the European Union, like, oh, please save us from our, our financial debts and our financial problem. And, and initially, so I think it was Angela Merkel who was in charge of, of um, you know, of Germany at the time, and of course the European Union is based out of, out of Germany. Um, said, look, you guys screwed up, we're not going to help you, and eventually they caved and gave them some money. But this is the kind of thing that we see. Why did El Salvador go to uh, Bitcoin? Because it's more stable than their own country's currency, even though for a while they were using United States dollars. Um, and a lot of com countries have seen this and going, well, we have you know financial turmoil, but this other currency, this is not, doesn't belong to the U.S. per se, which is good for them, um, don't, they don't have to worry because they can trust a currency that's used world, throughout the world that is more stable than their own currency. And I think this is exactly what Chingpeng uh, Zhao is actually effectively getting at, is that, uh, yes, the price has gone in U.S. dollars from 69000 down to $20,000, but how much inflation has the U.S. had? A lot. And so what's really stable? Well, I mean, U.S. dollar is probably still more stable than, Binance, than, than, than uh, Bitcoin is, but... It's it's just that it's not as scary as as the media might make it make it out to be. So CZ is right. It's it's still stable, even though it doesn't appear to be by the standards of someone else's economy. Yep, one bitcoin still worth one bitcoin. Don't forget yep. that. All right, so let's All see right, what the Fed has news. to say. All right, this one's written by Matt DeSalvo once again from Decrypt.co. Bum bum bum. We got some. Ed news. So Bitcoin, Ethereum, and stocks jump following Fed's fourth rate rate hike. Of course. Were you surprised, Jake, that they did this? 
Hmm? Well, no, but see, they're trying to curb inflation, so that's not that weird. I mean, it, it has been, the, inf the interest rates are ridiculously high. They haven't been this high since I was a kid, and uh, a little kid, actually, <laughs> in the early 80s. Uh, and it does suck. I remember my parents bought a house in 1983, and uh, they... They didn't pay nearly as much as houses are today. Even the cheapest house in the, in, in the California market where I live um, isn't even as cheap as what they paid back in the in the early 80s. But their interest rate, that was the thing that blew me away. It's like they paid, they bought, they got a loan from a bank, a mortgage, at 12% interest. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, wait, 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 wait. 12% interest? What the heck is that? I didn't even know they gave mortgages at 12% interest ever, anywhere. This is insane. You'd be paying four, three or four times the price of the house by the time you were done paying for the house. I think uh, I think Mike actually commented on this, uh, our co-host, uh, I think sometime last year in regards to something similar to this. Um, and in regards to that 12% back in the days. And I, to sum it up, he was saying that uh, back in those days, there wasn't so many other hidden taxes right. uh, that, that your fiat um, is, is kind of, you know. Subject to today, right. Yeah, no, right. It's, there's lots more things going on today than there were then, obviously, just just by chance of the fact that it's a different time. But um, it, it was it was still a really high amount of money to pay. I, I remember how much my, paid, my parents paid in the mortgage each month. And I, I think back then, it was like, I think a person today could maybe find a single, like a studio apartment for that amount of money that they were paying, but they were paying for a whole house. Um, and so like, I think in the Bay Area, it's not impossible to find $1,000 rooms or $1,200, $1,400 a month, uh, you know, studios. That's not unheard of. And that's pretty close to what my parents were paying for a whole house. Um, mm -hmm. But their peers from purchased in the in the late 70s uh were paying less than half that for the same sized house and the same priced house so if you you know paid what they did in the in the seven in like 1976 or something then they'd be paying like you know, four or five hundred bucks a month not what they were like two or three times what they were you know it was ridiculous but, but, but with this article in particular without trying to get too far off topic is that the fed has raised interest rates up to almost four percent and during so is that a good thing or a bad thing for crypto? Well, actually, it's interesting because uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum also went up along with stocks. Stocks, all everything rose with with the fourth hike. Now, I mean, but, I know Bitcoin's but, fallen a bit. Like you can look at the look at the market up right above at the very top on Decrypt, where it shows Bitcoin, Ethereum. Uh -huh. The prices have fallen a bit. They're not going back toward twenty. Well, Bitcoin's not going back toward twenty-one. It's going back towards twenty, and Ethereum isn't going back up towards you know seventeen. It's going back towards fifteen. Um, Have you ever played with Play-Doh? Well, it's been a long time. Okay. Ever squeeze Play-Doh in your hand? Like anything. You just watch, it, watch, yeah. it, watch it go out from like each side, each side of your, your hands, right? Okay. Right. That's what I think is about to happen with um, the market and with crypto. You know, right now there has been an attachment between the two for, for, for a couple of years. But I think if the Fed continues this, uh, this rate rate hike, there's gonna it's gonna be so much squeeze that there's gonna be a detachment either uh and my prediction is that crypto is gonna go up and of course the stocks are gonna go down i maybe I, it's so hard to say 
um, crypto and, and stocks aren't really the same thing. I, think I will make a point about this, and it, it's the Gary Gensler remark about how um, uh, crypto is most, at least Ethereum, is mostly the, most of the nodes of Ethereum are in the United States. Um, there's definitely, an, I don't know if you've watched this, because when I was doing uh, day trading on crypto, Bitcoin and Ethereum, like five, six years ago, um, I did notice that Sunday night, which was Monday morning in, in uh, you know, Asia, Asian countries, that there was a lot of transactions going on. Um, and so the one thing that always bothered me is, is like, you know, but between two o'clock in the afternoon Pacific here in the, in the, on the left coast of the United States and eight o'clock, there was a lot of trading Sunday afternoon because that's Monday morning over there. And it was just, it was convenient to me because where the time that I was living, you know, in, in that area that I could actually continue to trade. But then of course, once, uh, the U S stock exchange got more involved in crypto to, to well, between two and three years ago, we started to see it happening at 6 a.m. 6 a.m., which is on the West coast, 9 a.m. in the East coast, which is when most stuff starts trading on the U S stock exchange. But remember crypto doesn't sleep. So <laughs> no time, uh, does it have to stop trading because there's no, I mean, it could be all night, but the major okay. investments and de-investments were all at 6 a.m. And I wasn't yeah. awake at that yeah. time, which, you know, with suck for me. So I had to yeah, trade right. with Asian markets. You're right. I, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, that's that's how I, I follow it as well. And I know it's that same that same pattern going through crypto. Um, but you'd think you'd think that it would it would be all the time, right? But no, the major moves right. are are, the, are the, Monday morning on Asian markets and Monday morning for U.S. markets. And it usually goes down, coincidentally, like on. Well, a it Friday shoots up immediately. Like as soon as the markets open, it shoots up, but it immediately shoots down again. So yeah. So yeah, it, there is there is still a, a a portion of things happening that way, and I don't like it. But eh, that's the way things. I mean, the old the old world doesn't understand the new world yet, even though they're this involved in it. Is, is the last one mine or yours? <laughs> I think it's yours. Okay, this one's written by Andrew Hayward, published on Decrypt.co. <laughs> OpenSea now detects and blogs stolen NFTs, disables scam links. This is actually really cool. So we yes. got a chance to read through this stuff. And uh, I'm going to get a bit, I'm not an OpenSea fanatic. Just, um, I, I don't know. I don't really like it for one reason or another. I just, there's something about it that just doesn't, uh, uh, Sit I, with I, you don't, I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, aside from that, there's obviously been thousands of people that have used OpenSea and they get scammed and they get their NFTs stolen right off the exchange. It's like, how is that even possible? It's crazy, you know. Or if you if you click on a link and your 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 entire wallet, your MetaMask wallet, just completely drained. It's insanity. It's crazy. Like, how can OpenSea get away with this kind of stuff? It's insane. So at least now, finally, this is the first time that I know of. Maybe you heard something else, Jake, but this is the first time I've heard that OpenSea is actually doing something to try to prevent these kind of issues from happening for in, in the future, which is cool. So they're going to have this, uh, um, how should I say, they're, gonna, they're building a tool that's going to be able to auto-detect any kind of uh, uh, issues going on with their customers if they have their funds stolen, if they have their NFT stolen. And obviously um, this, uh, this tool that, uh, that's auto-detecting all these uh, transactions, they're going to be able to, I guess, what, grade list them? Is, is that what's going on? Um, I'm not 100% certain as to what, it, I guess what I was saying was, 
it was not, wasn't gray market. It was saying that what was happening in the past was there were these exploits that were draining people's wallets and then being resold on the gray market, um, you know, as legitimate things. But yeah, this tool is basically going to scan. Was it the quote said the tool automatically scans any links that users entered into the marketplace and disables any that point to known scams. And you know, remember, was it Poo? What was the name of the Poo coin? Have you seen, we've looked at Poo coin before, right? And PooCoin watches scam coins. It detects which which coins are scams and which are not, and it looks into the code and figures out what you know is it legit, is it not legit, and I think that's what they're going to be doing is they're actually looking at the actual code of what these things are linked to. Like, okay, this is a coin, or this is a, a token, or this is a, a contract. What is this? Okay, what does the contract say? Is it legit? No, and it can be quickly fi- quickly figured out if it isn't, and disabled so that nobody gets screwed. So, I mean, it's funny because it's like, you know, Warren, uh, Elizabeth Warren is all all up in arms about trying to make um, crypto uh, safe. I agree with her ideology. I just don't like the idea of, of, you know, of people being forced to do it. But it's still good if people are aware of not putting their money into a rug pull. So just because a, a coin comes on the market and looks all ha- happy like Squid Game did, people put their money into it and they got pulled. You know, it's, it's, it was it was a snake oil, you know, kind of thing. So we need to know if what we're dealing with is snake oil or or legit. So, yeah. and that's that's a good thing because I'm sure there's going to be a lot, lot more uh, exchanges out there that are going to utilize this type of tool and mm-hmm. build their own. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is something that we definitely need in DeFi and in CFI. Yeah. No. All the all the different uh, setups. It's. It's not wrong to want to know what's going on because even the people who are scamming, they themselves don't want to get scammed. So, it, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's funny to say that the, the, the person who's evil doesn't actually hate themselves, right? Typically, that's not, they don't hate themselves. They want, they want money, and the only way they can figure out how to do it is to lie, cheat, steal. Nobody, nobody likes being lied, cheated, steal. Even criminals don't like it. So, that's <laughs> a... It's a weird thing to say out loud, I know, but it, it's it's important to note. Nobody likes being lied to or stolen from. So, well, that's all the articles we're going to be covering today. So, do you have something else? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk about oh, it. No, uh, I was just going to read this one part here. It says sure. OpenSea is working with the makers uh, maker of wallets like MetaMask and Coinbase to share that information on combating scams. Right. That's awesome. Because a lot of uh, people that are just starting off in crypto are starting off in Coinbase, you know, mm-hmm. or they're or they're they're using MetaMask. So yep. that's great that Meta, that OpenSea is is working with them to uh, push out this tool. Yep, that's awesome. Yep, we need more like this. All right, that's yes. all for tonight, and uh, we thank you all for listening and watching. If you would check out our Coin Tree, you can find out our current Coin donation links as well as all of our social media stuff, and of course you can always check out the. Well, actually, we're gonna be moving the. Um, t-shirt shop to a different page but all the t-shirts will still be available so if you guys want to check that out and purchase a t-shirt to help the show we'd appreciate it with that said as we always do at the end of the show stacks hats, stacks hats and, and hodl adios uh,